Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by the only sports crew, Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Thursday? I mean, life couldn't get any better. Duke plays pick. Oh, that's right. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Duke. I Let's love that. And the Duke. Clippers have a two-game win streak wow. with Russell Westbrook. Let's it's two go. games <laughs> a streak. I think it's really <laughs> yeah, anything above one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. By the way, no one, and I get it. Listen, you want the new guy to feel welcome. You want him to, to do well. But Clipper fans and even Clipper reporters are really going like out of their way to say, look at how much fun Russell <laughs> is having. Look at the joy. Look at the you know crazy media trying to make it seem. And I'm like, okay, listen, by the way, I'm happy for Russell Westbrook. I, I hope he does well. There's, there's no part of me that wants to see him fail. I, I, I personally was very excited to see him come back home. You know, he's from here. He went to Linwood. He went to uh, – where did he go to Linwood? No, he went to Losing Okay, and then he went to UCLA. So, I mean, he's from here. So I wanted him to do well. No, didn't he go to Lawndale? Am I wrong with that? He's and, from Lawndale. Yeah, okay. but he went to Losing yeah. Okay, so he's from – you know, he's he's from here. So I wanted him to, to do well. And, by the way, if he does well with the Clippers, great. But my goodness, I mean, every time the guy smiles on the bench, every time uh, he has a made shot, every time something good happens, it's like, oh, like, look at how much fun he's having. And by the way, like, I really think what happened with the Lakers was a two-way street. Like, I don't think it was like LeBron and the Lakers sucking the joy out of this guy. Uh, I mean, I had never seen more contentious uh, press conferences than I did with him. So, but anyways, you're right. It's a two-game winning streak. Happy for them. They play the Knicks on Saturday. That takes us to where the Lakers are because now they play Toronto tomorrow night. They got the Knicks on Sunday. A big stretch for them. I think one and one, I think, would be a successful um, uh, stretch there. Just because when you look at how good Toronto is, when you look at how good uh, the the Knicks are for sure. Uh, I think one and one is where I'd like them to be. You you go into this. I think you've talked about how big this stretch is for this team. Kind of began against the Grizzlies. And now you go to these two games. Uh, your your thoughts? I mean, where what do they have to be? What would you be impressed? Would you be happy if they win one and one? Yeah, I think it all always depends on how you get there. But the Lakers had, I don't want to say good news because it's unfortunate when other guys go down. But for the Lakers' sake, three things happened yesterday. Kevin Durant gets hurt in warmups. Phoenix is not that far ahead of everybody else. 
And that was it, so sad, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. were we were gonna show like a highlight of that, but I mean, KD his home opener, just a a routine warm up layup line, uh, just crazy. So they said four to six weeks is the report, but we don't have any confirmation on it just yet. Yeah, but he did stay in, and I don't know if you guys saw the video. He was still going through his warm up routine after the ankle turn. Yeah, but that ankle turn looked pretty severe. The way that his whole ankle was basically on on the floor. Um, so you had that. Luca left the game with a quad injury that we don't know the details of. And Dallas is only a game and a half above the Lakers. You lose Luca, then they're very catchable. And then Brandon Ingram goes out with an ankle sprain as well. And the Pelicans and the Lakers are tied in the standings. So in that sense, the Lakers came out looking very like their playing chances solidified by I would say about five to ten percent higher yesterday yeah through all those things happening and now these games yeah you have to go at least one and one but i know you said yesterday arash that above 500 is the goal and obviously it i think that's be. the magic number I, I think at this point you, you we've, we've played enough games we see what they have to do i think if they're at 41 and 41 they're for sure in the play-in tournament yeah perhaps could be greater than that but i think 41 is the magic number of you're for sure somewhere there I think, like, honestly, if they win 40 to 45% of their games the rest of the way, they should, should be, be okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you look around the league. If the Pelicans don't have Ingram, we already know Zion is likely not to come back this year. So you kind of have to rule that them out, in my opinion, without those two. And then the Blazers, again, one-man team. They're without their second-best player, Anthony Simons. Uh, the Jazz gutted their team at the trade deadline. That was that's like the biggest change that that has happened. I thought there was this big log jam in the West, and all these teams are playing well, and I don't know what the Lakers can do. And, you know, can they get past these teams? So two things have happened. Not only have they played really well post trade deadline, a lot of the teams that were part of this log jam are not playing well. They're hurt. So I mean, now they are actually favored to be in the play-in tournament for the first time, GH, since I made this bet <laughs> with our money buckets. I'm feeling very good about myself. I am going to take it easy on him. <laughs> I know uh, your friend here would have gotten like blackout drunk, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll just make him buy me a nice bottle of you know Keenan or Kate. Yeah. I mean I Kate was actually it's pretty affordable at it this is. Time, I mean, time. So in, in the big scheme of things you're right. But listen, yeah. I'm not gonna go crazy on our money but it's not like a thousand dollar it's not like a thousand dollar I wouldn't have said hope this one. Yeah. So, but that was the bet that we had yeah. like, a couple of years ago. She did not think that the Clippers would get to, to the conference finals and again I thought I was going to lose the bet when uh, Kawhi goes down. Yeah. And not only that, when they're down 2-0 in the series to the Mavericks, down 20 points in Game 3, Clippers did find a way to get to the conference finals. There is one – thank you, first of all, Arash, for, for being nice. On the <laughs> there is one other kind of interesting um, angle on this Lakers playing chase. So in terms of lottery odds, if you finish with the sixth or seventh worst record, yeah. which right now Utah and OKC and Portland, they're all tied for eighth. Okay. So if they just tank a little bit harder, sixth and seventh, you have a 9% chance at Wembenyama and a 7.5% chance. After that, it dips to a 3.9% chance. So I don't know how much, you, you know, 3 4%. 5%, 6% Are you matters. saying certain teams may be like, okay, we're not going to be in this. Like, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's go out. There is a chance for that. But I also look at a team like Utah. When you are in that locker room and you've played with such 
tenacity all year. You're not, by the way, you're never going to have players yeah. tank. You, what you're going to have is a GM or you're going to have a coach basically put the team in a position. We've seen John Wall talk about this. And it's really kind of interesting to hear a player say, like, like I want to play and I want to win. Basically, the GM comes in or the coach comes in and says, not only are we not playing you, you can just go home and sit down. And So they can do the best job they can to tank. The players won't tank. By the way, and you guys can touch on this more than I can, there's not only one transcendent talent in this draft. Scoot Henderson, yeah, no one's really I – and mean, when I say no one's talking about him, they're not talking about him because he's not getting as much hype as Victor Wembanyama, but – Scoot Anderson in any other draft would be the surefire top pick in the draft. You saw the pick of him I in LeBron. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a physical specimen. He is everything that I, I don't want to. Okay, first of all, can't disrespect the first ballot Hall of Famer in Westbrook, but the jumper is what sets Scoot apart from Russ. Yeah. And that, if it translates to the league, he has Westbrook's build, but with a solid jump shot. And that's kind of. You know, I think that's, yeah, surefire number one pick in any other year. Yeah, his ability to create and to um, just kind of commit. He has a very commanding presence on um, on that floor. Yeah. So I I was extremely impressed. And, yeah, any other draft, he would have been number one, right? But, I mean, number two, you're still going to get paid, sweetheart. So oh, yeah. it's not a bad but place to be. I think this is why more teams than not may kind of choose to tank because it's not just for one player. Yes, it is. I mean, that that is the gold standard. That is the number one pick that people want. But, I mean, Scoot Henderson would be a, a heck of a consolation prize. I have a, I have a GM question to ask you guys. Let's put you in the shoes of, let's say, Detroit, right? Yeah. Let's say Detroit ends up with the number two pick, and you have Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. If you're a GM and you've spent picks on – High-powered guards like that. Do you are you okay with drafting another? I mean, Scoot is generational. I think you have well. to pick the best player. I think you pick the. I think you pick him, and you unfortunately you trade him for something else, right? He maybe a little trade bait. Yeah, I mean, you could, but I mean, I, I really when you have a when I say transcendent talent, I mean, people are talking about that he would have been the top pick in any other draft. He's for sure the two pick this year. Um, like, like, I wouldn't pass on him because I have a guard or I, I have that position covered. So do you kind of keep all three and then see what happens? Yeah, because the, not... the league right now is very posi- positionless. Yeah. Yeah. You could technically have three guards. As long as one of them can defend <clears throat> a bigger yeah. player, which that's yet to be seen. But I think that's an interesting way to look at this draft is we keep talking about expansion teams. All these teams have, even if they're bad, they have these young guys that need development, and now you're going to add another young guy that needs development. It's kind of the Oklahoma City thing. It's like, okay, we have all these picks, which is great, but then how is everybody going to play and develop if we have 50 people? That, you know, <laughs> right. There's only five guys that can be on the court. So I don't know. That's that's how I look at it as well. Yeah, I mean, so with, with the Clippers now going into their game against the Knicks on Saturday, you know, the, the big thing is the, the West is so tight. <clears throat> that they go from the play-in tournament to then now being in that six seed, and it's so massive being in that six seed. You just don't want to be in that play-in tournament at, at all. And the Clippers are a team that, if they have a good week, you know they can move up. So right now, as we sit here, they are the uh, six seed. That has to be the goal, right? I mean, it has to be the goal not to be in this play-in tournament. And also, Sacramento moved up to two, Amazing. and Memphis has moved down to three. 
And if Phoenix, so let's say Memphis stays in three. Six is obviously the goal because we don't know if John Morant's coming back. Today, Steven Adams was diagnosed with four more weeks until he's re-evaluated, which means that he's probably not back the rest of the year. And we've seen where the Grizzlies' trajectory is headed. It's a downward trajectory right now. So six and you play Memphis and you avoid the plan, that would be a home run for the Clippers, <laughs> all things considered. Gene, what's 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 the goal for the Clippers? I mean, I, I think going into the season, a lot of people thought this was the, a, a championship team, certainly uh, with the chance to go to the finals. The West is wide open, that being said, that they have not played that well this season. No, they have not played that well this season. The, I guess the goal for the Clippers – at least for this Clipper fan, yeah. if this was up to me, <clears throat> yeah. the goal is to win the West. All right. Win the West, and then we'll go from there. And I agree with that because, again, they've never done that before. Yeah. So, Baby like, steps. <laughs> I think if you can do something that the franchise has not done before, win the West, go to the finals. And then at that point, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, whether you play the Celtics, whether you play the Bucks, or whoever, um, I don't think it'll be the Sixers, but it would be kind of interesting if Doc comes back and plays the Clippers <laughs> in the NBA Finals. I'm sure the networks would love that. <laughs> I do agree with you, G.A., that that's a successful year where you could, like, even if they lost in the finals, say, hey, listen, like, we've, we can hang a conference championship banner, we have yeah. a trophy, like, it's, it's something. They've never done that. That being said, okay, so, like, let's just say they get to the finals, by the way. That would be an amazing turnaround considering the year that they've had. They've been about a 500 team this entire season. Let's say they get to the finals and lose. Do you still run this back? Yeah, I think at that point, yes, you do run it back. Um, I mean, the thing is, I think every season with this Clipper group, with this Clipper core is going to be turbulent. I think every year is going to look like this. But if it translates in the playoffs – then I think you go one more year and you see what happens next year. I think you have to, right? I mean, because I I don't think it's a simple decision to move on from this core group. I mean, when you look at what they traded to get Paul George, I mean, obviously they, they can't re- recoup that. That's not even a question. But no, listen, I mean, if I think if they turn things around, if, if they get all the way to the finals, I would even argue if they get to the conference finals. I mean, hard to... to you know, trash a team that's had that kind of success. There are some problems, though, with this team that have to be addressed. But I, I think the talent's there. I think the talent's there. It's, it's not something you have to take a sledgehammer to this team like the Lakers. And I'll never get that. I'll never get <laughs> the, the why, why they broke up to that team as quickly as they did. Um, okay, so what do... The Lakers, I mean, I want to see these two teams play in the postseason. And the best chance for that to happen, I think, is for them to be in a play-in tournament situation, whether that's the 7 or 8, whether that's... (laughs) (laughs) I think we had our one chance for that. Listen, I mean, the crazy thing about KD going down and what's happening with the Grizzlies with John Moran is that... So the West was wide open. Now it's even more so because I think post-KD trade, you're thinking, well, at least, like, the Suns are maybe the prohibitive favorites, and even Golden State getting healthier. Like, like I, I don't think that they're the favorites that they that people thought that they could be. Like, like when when the Warriors are healthy, once it's time for the postseason, they'll be back. And I don't think that's the case. 
Um, I have mixed feelings about Golden State. The road record is terrible, but when you look at the five-man lineup of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, yeah. it's still, I think, the best five-man unit in the entire NBA. They have Dante DiVincenzo to come off the bench. They have an issue with Jordan Poole, who is so inconsistent, and he's driving his teammates nuts. I don't know if you guys saw the clip with Draymond. Did you see that? No. Dray- Draymond, so Jordan Poole did not swing the ball in time, <laughs> and Draymond throws his hands oh, in the air, so and then he stops playing in the middle of the play because Jordan Poole turned it over. Yeah. He doesn't run back on defense. Draymond was basically like pouting at Jordan Poole. They have a real issue there because those things, we had Curry through his mouthpiece earlier in the year because Poole took a bad shot and Curry got ejected. Do you yeah. remember that game? Yeah, oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a so, big one. Um, yeah. These things are real things. But if you're Golden State, if that Durant news is legitimate, I'm thinking if I'm in the Warriors organization, let's play Phoenix round one. If Durant's That's not exactly going to be fully right. healthy yeah. and we're going to have to play them regardless. Because they're not deep and all of a sudden the KD's out for the first round, you can get knocked out in the first exactly. round. Exactly. And then Golden State has to look at the rest of the West and say, all right, we just beat probably the toughest one that we're going to have. Denver, by the way, <laughs> last night, I know it's a regular season game, but this is, you know this, Rosh, post-All-Star break, teams are starting to treat these games like playoff games. They're yeah. scouting for them a little bit harder. Their intensity level is up. And the Chicago Bulls went into Denver last night and embarrassed the Nuggets. And I mean embarrassed from start to finish. Yeah. And Jokic's defense is going to be put in a spotlight. And all the talk about him being the MVP Zach Levine was going at Jokic every single possession, and every team in the West is going to do that, and I wouldn't be surprised. Denver has no depth. What happens with the Nuggets? I mean, I I think because they are who they are, and even in Colorado, I mean, I have some friends out there. It's a Broncos town. Like, I mean, mean, they're – Happy for the Nuggets, but like no one, like, there's not a lot of pressure there. <clears throat> what do the Nuggets have to do? They have to make the finals, and I think yeah. this year is the pressure year because you have Jokic potentially three-time MVP in a row. You have all this good vibes from a great regular season where they basically just dominated the Western Conference. They only have five home losses right now on the year. Amazing. You have to win the West you if do. you're Denver. Yeah. And I know it's a Broncos town, but the, the Denver people, are they're going to be upset if this oh, yeah. team doesn't reach the finals. <laughs> I think that's for sure. Yeah, because at some point, when you look at the success that they've had, the best player in the league, three-time most valuable player, you have to get to the final. And now, so there's not a Warriors team that they have to like get past. There's not a Lakers team they have, they have to get past. Like they are the class of the conference. So, um, G, like what what is a you know I've asked you what is a successful season for the Clippers? I mean for the Nuggets, same as the Clippers, never got to the conference championship. Yeah, I'm with Armando on this one. Winner bust, man. Yeah, like, you can't win the you can't have the most valuable player in the regular season and not win a title. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's kind of just ludicrous, right? To have, to have the quote unquote said best player in the league and not win. Granted, you know, I, I get it last, last season there were injuries and they didn't have a full complete team, but that's not the excuse this, yeah. this year. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, win, win or bust, win or go home. And I, I get it. It totally is a Broncos town. Up in it is. It's, I mean, I talked to my friends, Friend there, they're like no one's talking about the Nuggets. <laughs> no, no one's talking about them. So, um, <clears throat> so here's the thing: for Jokic, it's about how he's viewed. 
how history views him. I mean, if he is a three-time most valuable player, three-time consecutive, and he doesn't even get to the finals, that's a problem. You know, I mean, I think it's one thing if he gets there and loses, that's actually a, a problem too. We live in a very much a how like how, like how many rings do you have? Yep. You know, Jordan. Jordan is generally viewed as the greatest because he's won six. Six got to six finals and he won all six. I've often said if Kobe had won six but he like lost two finals, that would have been his like blemish. Um same with the Le- LeBron James. You know, he gets to ten NBA finals. What an incredible accomplishment, but he's only won four. So I, I think with Jokic, it's not just that he has to get to the finals. For him to be, be viewed as an all-time great, he he will be. But they're, they're, they're going to put him in that you know category of, well, first of all, he has, he has to get to the finals to be included. But, you know, Charles Barkley got to the finals and lost. Karl Malone got to the finals. There's always going to be an asterisk yeah. for his career if he, he doesn't does win a title. To, he has to win. I think he if he doesn't win, he will become the most polarizing player in the league because – you have so many people that defend him saying, you know, you can't diminish what he does in the regular season. But at some point, if you don't have that postseason success to back it up, and again, we say this, he has a starting five that should be able to help him get there. He has home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs. What more does he need if he can't do it this year? Don't we also, I know we have to go go soon to the next segment, but like, don't we also uh, put an emphasis on it's the regular season MVP? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking yeah. About that's, that, you the, know? that's the key is that, you know, this is not postseason MVP. This is not NBA Finals MVP, but still, I mean, if, if you are the greatest player in the league, certainly three years in a row, putting yourself in this higher class, you've got to win at least one championship and certainly at least get to, to the finals. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend David Bloom. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show. Well, welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090s from the California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, we just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. Also want to remind you guys as we head into March Madness, Circa is the place to be. Circa Sports, largest sports book in the world. GA and I will be there as a, in addition to a lot of other properties in Las Vegas, I'm sure. Joining us now, our good friend in studio for the first time, David Bloom. David, how are you? Feeling great to be in studio for the first time. David, you were recently, where were you, in Japan? I was in Japan. How was Japan? Oh, my God. A different world. <laughs> different I mean, world. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's like, it's, you know, as someone that hasn't traveled that much internationally, it's stepping into a different culture, a different yeah. set of customs, a different way of 
of navigating the world and just it was unbelievable the food is some of the best i think i've ever had in my life and i think that's was paramount to me but it's beautiful the nature is amazing there was snow yeah i oh, grew up wow. in southern california my whole life that's still romanticized <laughs> Wait, you me. brought the snow back we got we, we got so i did i brought the snow back i came back and all of a sudden there was a storm that's right and power outages and snow but it's it's amazing it's you know seeing just how not you know we live in such a world where especially in sports it's so like thrown to you as like america centric and america yeah. seeing a world where it's so not mm. like seeing where a different country is essentially the the epicenter of everything is so refreshing and nice and being somewhere completely different you know it was trying to navigate a language barrier and a culture barrier Everything was just like wonderful. It, how big yeah. is Shohei? Shohei Otani, your main man. How, I mean, he's got to be one of the biggest stars in uh, Japan. Right? I mean, when we told people we're from Los Angeles, it's like the biggest deal. That's right. I pull, I pull out my phone and show pictures and videos of us going <laughs> to games and him pitching, and like, oh. it's it's he's one of the most loved stars. I mean, anywhere. Sure. But there, so not having it him there anymore i mean now it's a little different story you know he's back in the tokyo dome pitching for the world baseball That's classic right. but not having him playing in that league anymore you miss him it's oh, like yeah. mike trout went and played overseas somewhere and you don't get to see him anymore yeah right it's it's different so being able to say hey we actually live in the place where he is now made a lot of people jealous. All right, so which, while, while you were in Japan, how closely did you keep up with the Clippers? Because we, we've been talking about them. They've been up and down. They've been around hovering 500. I thought mm -hmm. they had kind of turned the corner prior to the trade deadline. Paul George really wanted his old teammate, Russell Westbrook. He's not been the problem, but would they lose five straight? Now that they've won two straight, back in the sixth seed, Give me your current state of your Los mm. Angeles Clippers. Well, I'm never going to not be on that team because I was up at <laughs> five in the morning. Okay, so there you go. Walking, right. walking the streets of Tokyo, watching, trying to find a place to, watching, <laughs> to, find a place to <laughs> eat, some coffee, also keeping up with, yeah. with them playing. What I think that game was the Mavs or something. Yeah. But it's it's such an interesting time in in Clipperland because the West is so volatile, except for maybe the top two seeds. Right, two games you win, you're up at the sixth seed, you're yeah. tied for the fifth seed. Lose two games, you're down to eight, nine. I mean, look at the Lakers, right? You're jumping up to, to nine. You could drop down to 13, 14, yeah. any moment. It's, yeah. it's, there's no, you know, you either streak or you're just constantly in this spot. It's, it's tough because obviously Westbrook is an easy scapegoat. He's turnover prone, you know, he misses jump shots. He has not been the issue. And, you know, you mentioned that it's been, a jump shooting team. They don't yeah. want to, you know, they've been talking about attacking the paint more. They don't want to let teams off the hook by just settling for jump shots, but really it's the turnovers, right? Yeah. I mean, you saw that last game last night. Yeah, they won. They turned the ball over, I think nine times maybe in the first quarter. I mean, they had six turnovers and eight points. It's not great. And it's been the scoring droughts. Yeah. I mean, you can't go three, four minutes without scoring the ball, especially against teams like the Sacramento Kings or, you know, shorthand, yes. But if Tyus Jones is not going to miss in the third quarter, <laughs> you can't go on these scoring droughts. It's a tough time because you kind of just want momentum for the postseason at this point. You have confidence you're going to make it, 
So you want that momentum of, can we string together four or five quality games, find these rotations? And it's not the fault of Russell Westbrook, but it's the fault of the addition of a brand new player getting 30 plus minutes. You have to find rotations and for five games, which keep in mind, we're pretty close. I mean, the Sacramento game, the Denver game, uh, even that last Kings game have been close. It's hard to find those rotations when you've not only added a brand new starter, but Eric Gordon and Bones Highland and for as great as he's been, Mason Plumlee. Tyloo, we, we've been talking about it. Mm. I, I want to get your both mm. thoughts on that. I, I mean, because I, I think Clipper fans, I mean, he goes from being coach of the year candidate a year ago to just, I, I have not talked to a Clippers fan that has not been frustrated by Tyloo. You watching these games first, your, your thoughts. I mean, does Tyloo deserve the grief he has been to get? Majority of Clipper fans are like, what does Marcus Morrissey have on you? And how is he still in the starting line? <laughs> yeah, so I come at it from an NBA fan perspective. Sure. So you definitely have a greater understanding of the Clippers, uh, David. But what what I see is the season started and you had 11 guys that deserve minutes in any situation on any team. And I think it's really hard to coach in a situation like that because somebody or two people or three people are going to be left unsatisfied and when all those guys are about equal in terms of talent and ability, it becomes which which player do I choose in this situation? Where Ty Lue has lost me is the Marcus Morris stuff because it's I don't it's not justifiable. And then you have Robert Covington sitting on your bench that seems like he can do exactly what Morris is doing, if not a lot more. And you just refuse to make adjustments in those situations. And then I didn't understand. Terrence Mann is doing such a nice job starting, and then you put Russell Westbrook right into that role when Westbrook was doing a great job as a six-man on the Lakers. It's so. Your sentiment <laughs> is the sentiment that every Clipper fan, every piece of you know talking head on Clippers Twitter has shared. It's the Marcus Morris situation, which a couple of years ago when he was brought in, he was a strong scorer, a mid-range scorer. He plays the game a little older than me. You know, he's a very mid-range score, supposed to be a spot-up three guy, but it's not even the missed threes that's the problem. It's the defense. He's a liability on defense. He can't switch. He can't guard the perimeter. You see teams going at him, running plays specifically to put him in actions, and a guy like Robert Covington, sure, maybe he, maybe the shooting isn't the same or whatever. I'm not sure what is going on with him, but he can play defense better. Nico Batum can play defense better. It's the same thing that happened with the bubble playoffs in Montrez Harrell with Doc Rivers. Yes, he was good a couple of years ago. I mean, Trez won sixth man of the year that year. But when you're so obsessed with the guy and you want to close with him and you know he's a liability, I mean, the net problems with Mark with, with Trez, the same way Marcus Morris has had it, it, it's perplexing. I'd much rather see Robert Covington starts, honestly, than Marcus Morris. And you know, you get into this rhythm of winning and then you bring in Russell Westbrook and you bump Terrence Mann to nine minutes a game, 18 minutes a game. You're right. It's it's ridiculous. What about Amir Coffey? Is there any – could he play that power forward role or yeah. is that – Okay. <laughs> yeah, he could. Amir Coffey is the stay-ready guy. He's the guy that, you know, look at last season, look at two seasons ago. When guys go down, it's Amir Coffey that steps up. He's put up multiple 30-point games for the Clippers. Yeah. Sure, he's maybe not the most efficient shooter – or the most elite player, but he'd do a much better job. And and no shade 
I say shading Marcus Morris, but yeah, he's an elite player. I mean, he's an NBA player, but you want a guy that's younger, has better legs, stronger ability, and not going to go like three for a million in his last <laughs> whatever games shooting the three ball. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Amir Kavi, it's a great name to pull up, can do that. I mean, even, you know, Bones Highland, even Brandon Boston could give you something more. I know I'm pulling names here, but something more than a guy that plays an old style of basketball yeah. on a team that's trying to, given their old roster, given their signing Russell Westbrook, evolve a little bit here. Yeah. We've talked about this a ton this season just because of what the Clippers did to put this team together, to get Paul George, to get Kawhi. What do they have to do for you to be comfortable going into next season? That Because, mm. listen, when I looked at this team talent-wise, I said I said they're my team to come out of the West. By the way, the West is wide open. So it would not shock me if the Clippers could go on a run, a run here. But do they have to win the West? Do they have to get to the finals? Do they have to win the championship? What does this team have to do this season for you to be like, give me one more year? It's not even about this season, but okay. it's about the summer. This season right. is what it's going to be, right? You always want to go for a playoff push. You think that when you have a guy like Kawhi, maybe PG starting to, to rev it up a little bit towards the postseason – you can make a run. It's open, especially I'm sure this hasn't gone untalked about with the KD situation, sure. right? It, it opens up the West. The Mavs yeah. aren't looking as good as they should be. It's the summer. You've got to make a move that really s puts your team out, maybe not ahead, ahead, but just gives them What's extra that leverage. Move, though? I mean, don't, I, mean they, I, I really think Fair? No. the talent's there. I'm not sure what their cap situation, like what, what could they do when you look at who they have right now? It's tough to say. I feel like there's room to sacrifice that depth for another I agree second there. best player, third this best 12 player. deep yeah. doesn't make any – I've talked about it a ton. A 10-man deep team doesn't count in the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, you maybe bring in three guys off the bench. Here's why they will not break up this team. Here's why that they will at least have a superstar-driven team – Oh, oh, this franchise, all signs are pointing towards October 2024. Yeah. They opened the doors of Intuit mm -hmm. Dome. They, they, they really made it a point to always include the entire team, but especially Paul George and Kawhi, hard hats. They did of my boy Russell Westbrook, no favors with the hard hat. Oh. <laughs> but um, this will not be a team that is rebuilding when they open the doors of Intuit Dome. They will try their very best, and even if they get bounced in the first round, um, I would be shocked. If October 2024 comes along, Paul George and Kawhi are not on that team. It's a long time from now, though. I it's get a, it, but it's, it's almost like time. it's next season. So we'll see how next season goes. And then it's really like we, we need a superstar, you know, championship team to, like, open the doors. We The one thing I'll say about that, and I agree with you, Arash, but we see how fast narratives change in the NBA. Yeah. Phoenix, for example, last year was going crazy in the regular season. Yeah. And then game seven happens, and then it's like, okay, this team is done. And the Clippers are, I think, unfortunately, further along on that narrative of like, okay, we need to change things up. But now you have the Intuit Dome opening. So I just think it, that's a big moment where it's you cannot have a rebuilding team. I mean, you can't – I mean, perhaps you could just have Kawhi or – I mean, I, I really think you kind of need those two big guys. Uh, and listen, their dream scenario – 
um, is if they can win a championship prior to that, certainly maybe the next year, their first their first yeah. game at, in two a dome would be the championship banner unveiling, something like that. I mean, they really want that. This is their home. The yeah. number of toilets are going to have. Oh no! Incredible. <laughs> and by the way, that's Steve Ballmer. I don't know why he keeps saying that. <laughs> um, do you do you agree with me that there's no chance that they're going to rebuild? Like, no, they yeah. can't. Yeah. It's it's the biggest move since signing Kawhi. It's the biggest oh. move since the owner change. It's the biggest move since coming to LA. Really has. They've never had their own home because even the Los Angeles Sports Arena, basically on the campus of USC, they shared it with sure. USC. It was their home, but it was like, you know, kind of not really. Um, this is truly their home. And by the way, I mean, the reason that it, it'll be such a great basketball venue is that it, 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 it's being built just for the Clippers. There's not, They're not building it for a, a hockey team. They're not building it for, like, anything else. It, it really cannot hold anything else. He, they're really building it so it's just the NBA. And and the importance of that is the acoustics, the practice mm -hmm. facility is going to mm -hmm. be there. It's going to be a fantastic facility. It's and it's, it's, it's the area as well, you know, yeah. where they're putting it, what they're trying to do to that area with, yeah. with SoFi. And, you know, you've had the forum. But it's just obviously, you know, it would mean a lot to raise a banner there first. Sure. Yeah. The thing about the Clippers and the thing about Clippers fans is they'd raise a banner in the sports arena. They'd raise a banner outside on Pico. They don't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. They just want, I mean, I'll say we because it includes myself, sure, just want the banner. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you don't want to go back into that rebuilding state because the only thing that got Clippers fans through the rebuild of SGA and, and, and that Lou Will period was when Kawhi's a free agent, that's what we're doing. You know, yeah. it wasn't even, there was no PG. No one even thought of PG. Yeah. It was when Kawhi's a free agent, he's coming to the Clippers. Yeah. That was what led the team through those, that the Tobias Harris years, the, even the Popan Marjanovic years, yeah. right? <laughs> if you go into a rebuilding stance now, that player doesn't exist anymore. That's if true. you get rid of Kawhi, if PG goes, that's right. That next step, that future is not anticipated like this Kawhi move. I mean, it was the biggest move if it ends up in a championship in Clipper history. Oh, not even, right. Exactly. And and there's always that myth about and I'll say myth about the championship window because obviously there is a championship window, but look at the Warriors, right? Their window closed uh, yeah. and then they won a championship. It's Anybody can do anything in the postseason in basketball, right? You win a couple games. Obviously, you're going to have the good teams that are going to be the powerhouse. But look at the Mavs last year and look at the Suns and the Bucks. who the narrative was Giannis can't do it. They never make it out. Now they make it out. Yeah. It's anything can happen. Injuries can be anywhere. Teams can go streaking. You can find the right lineup. All you got to do is make it in yeah. with the guys you have with the depth. Sure, if you want to. They're never going to play Robert Covington, but they can boast that they have him. Yeah. <laughs> Once you make it into that postseason, if you can just make it past the first, second round, as long as you're able to put a competent team out there and do the thing that Doc Rivers could never and be malleable yeah. and be able to adjust to the situation, which is what Ty Lue was praised for, which now he's no longer doing, which is why he's getting the hate. If you can be able to say, okay, we got to take out our center here, and we got to play Nick Batum at the at the five, or we got to go really, really big and play two centers here. If you can do that, then you can beat the Mavs, beat the Jazz. You know, compete against the Suns if you had Kawhi, and I'm never going to live that down. Yeah, 
that's all it takes is adjustments and making it into the postseason, and then obviously the talent, the clutch factor to get them. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired right? up, David. <laughs> that no, got me going. Can, 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 can Ty change? Can he be the coach he was last year? Can he be the coach he was two years ago? I mean, can he be the coach that we were looking at? I'm like, this is a top five coach in the league. I mean, this guy didn't get enough credit for what he did in Cleveland. He's now getting his credit for what he's doing. Like, can he revert back to the Ty Lue he was just a, a year ago? Just a year ago. I mean, I, I mean, want to bring up my favorite Ty Lue moment that I think I've ever had as a Clipper fan. It was a routine game against the Atlanta Hawks about two, three years ago, and Clips were getting destroyed, right? It, it was a blowout. Kawhi and PG were playing terribly. It's just the momentum of the whole season was tanking. Second half comes out. Ty says, PG, Kawhi, sit on the bench. We're going to be led by Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. Oh. Luke Kennard did not miss a shot. <laughs> Terrence Mann matched his 20-plus, and the Clippers went on to win the game. That And that changed the whole season. Yeah. And barring a Kawhi injury, you never oh, yeah. know what they could – and I'm never going to let that down. Again, but – I'm not saying that that was their window, but, man, I mean – Man, I, I know, right? But, uh, but, well, yeah. but that malleability, yeah. right? That ability to say, I got to try something. I got to be able to make a change, and I can't stick – I can't be insane, right? I can't try the same thing expecting a different result. I have to – Make a change. Be malleable. Yeah. That worked. That's not a tie that we see with Marcus Morris. Give me some Robert Covington minutes. Right. right? That's all That's all that we ask. <laughs> Give me some Robert Covington second unit minutes. Right? Don't always go small. Only go small when you need to. If he can make those changes and not be so stagnant like we saw when Doc Rivers with Doc Rivers in the bubble, then there's a difference. But right now he's working with lineups that – Turn the ball over way too many times. Is yeah. his job on the line if the Clippers, let's say, <sighs> God forbid, don't make it out of the playing tournament or miss, oh. you know. Like if they get bounced in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I think his job is on the line. I think that, you know, you're you're kind of keeping your eyes open for, for new guys. But it, it just depends. If they get bounced out of the first round for trying to adjust to a team that's clearly favored than them, no. But if they get bounced out of the first round because Marcus Morris turns the ball over <laughs> no. a million times and can't hit a jump shot, then yes. Then, yeah, I'm going to say his, his job is on the line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating to me because he, he has always been one of my favorite. I mean, by the way, he never got enough credit for Cleveland. Of course I mean, not. like, you know, so, <clears throat> yes, LeBron, Kyrie, yes, we get that. But when a coach comes back from 3-1 and then we saw what he did <clears throat> with the Clippers – we saw in the Mavericks series two years ago, not only down 2-0 in the, in, in the series, down basically 20 points in game three. Or they're about to get swept. We're about to fall down for three games to zero. A great coach. I, I do think he still has that trust of his players. We, we, we have not heard players come out publicly saying no. what the heck is happening here. So that's the important thing. I do think Ty Lue will make the proper adjustments. I, I, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic about the Clippers, but again, West is so wide open. Um, you know, you see KD getting hurt. We, we see what, what's happening with Luka. It's crazy. All right, David, you'll come back next week. We'll have you back on. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.